Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. episode of Making Monsters. I'm your host, Taylor Dahl, and I'm joined by Dylan Ryan. He's going to be my co-host through this whole series. Um, We're super excited about the premise of Making Monsters. It's just going to be super focused on the first contract, guys. The making of the monsters. The making of them. Which is the name. Yes, and we want monsters back here in Chicago. It's been a long time since we've really felt like not only the defense, but the offense in general has um, any sort of monsters on it. So I'm going to start off by introducing ourselves a little bit just because nobody really knows who we are. Most of you may not know who we are. And when you see me on Twitter, you'll see at Taydahl1010XL. That 1010XL is because Dylan and I both work at 1010XL here in Jacksonville at the flagship station of the Jaguars. But we're both Bears fans. I grew up in the region area. If you don't know what that is, it's northwest Indiana. And Dylan grew up in what, north? Uh, north suburbs of Chicago. I was mostly in Glenview for people who know that, and then moved to Wilmette, Evanston area a little bit after college. So I've been like north suburbs my whole life. So Yeah, so we both grew up loving the Bears, and when you started working here, the first thing we did was start talking about Chicago sports. So when, we, when I got this opportunity, I thought it was the perfect fit to be able to also st- still have the Jag stuff, but really get to do full shows and really talk about the Bears to people that want to hear us talk about the Bears Um, because we do it here, but not as many people in Jacksonville care about the Chicago Bears right now. So tell us a little bit, Dylan, where'd you go to school? Um, So yeah, I grew up outside of Chicago, as I said, my whole life. I've been a Bears fan for all 24 years with about maybe four or five good ones in there. Other than that, you know, it's been a lot of uh, bad football to mediocre football, but uh, I've just been such a huge, passionate fan my whole life. Obviously, there was some years where Things weren't as good as I wanted them to be, and right now they definitely aren't where I want them to be, but like, I still do see positives within the sea of negativity that are things I can latch onto, and I've always tried to do that, and I definitely did have a hard time for the longest time, because I have pretty much hated our quarterbacks (laughs) the entirety of my life. I mean, with the exception of, which is kind of funny, Rex Grossman, which is the only reason I liked him was because the reason I got into football is because my dad got me, like, I think it was like... Madden 05, and he was the Bears quarterback at the time, mm-hmm. and like I would just throw bombs with Rex Grossman, <laughs> right. and I was just this like, this, guy, this guy's awesome, <laughs> and then I like actually watched him play, and then I'm just like, oh, maybe he's not as good as he is in the video, yeah. as he is in the video game. Yeah, um, it's funny because one of the first conversations we had was about me loving Jay Cutler and me being one of the biggest like Jay Cutler apologists and defenders. So it was funny because we definitely have different perspectives on that, and then I was like different with Rex. I was not a Rex Grossman fan, um, but it that's what I feel like has split Chicago fans the most yeah. overall is just that quarterback position and the offense in general. So 
That's a big thing. We have Justin Fields. Justin yes, Fields. We have Justin Fields. <laughs> is it the makes me quarterback every of the time Chicago Bears. And I'm sure everybody can go back and recall the memory of draft day. And when the Bears, you see a flash up that the Bears traded up. And you just knew they were going after a quarterback, whether that was going to be Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Was I would've, it? I would have cried. I know. I'm so glad it was Justin Fields, too. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a, a little bit about Dylan. For me, I grew up in Jacksonville. Um, I went to middle school, high school in Jacksonville. I went to college in South Florida, USF. Go Bulls. Um, but my whole family's from the region area. I grew up loving the Bears, uh, and I still love the Bears, even seven years working for the flagship station of the Jaguars. The Bears are my number one and will always be my number one. So I'm super excited to do this. A little bit about Making Monsters. Making Monsters is going to be, as I said earlier, all about these first contract guys. There's a lot of them. Yes. Um, as I was going through the roster and really kind of breaking it down, which they just recently added two offensive tackles. And those guys are not first contract guys, so it skews that 90-man roster number a little bit. But before that, 60 of the 90 are first contract guys, four years or younger. Yeah. That's a big portion of a roster to be young. And not only the depth guys, a lot of starting guys on this roster are young. So that's kind of what we want to do this season and as Dylan and I were coming up with an idea of what to do for this podcast, Dylan, you were the one who was kind of like, look, there's a lot of young guys. This could be kind of fun to base it around that. And I think it's the perfect idea because maybe you don't know about some of these players. Maybe you do, but you don't know a whole lot. Maybe you never heard it, watched them in college whatsoever. Maybe you're expecting some of these guys to make a leap that were on the Bears and they're heading into the second or third year. So we're going to touch upon all that. As we hit the season, as we go further into the season, it's going to be more in-depth about particular players. We'll, we'll spend an episode talking about who was good in the, you know, who's been playing well, who's won a, a battle. If, so, if there's an injury, hopefully no injuries to the major guys. Probably going to be a couple injuries. We saw a lot on the offensive line last year, and hopefully that doesn't happen again. But they they have a little bit more depth there. They have a little bit more depth in the secondary now. Um, there's questions at wide receiver across from Darnell Mooney. There is um, some questions on the on the defense now because there's no Akeem Hicks, there's no Khalil Mack. There, they've they've made a lot of changes this offseason. and I'm confident that Ryan Poles has the right vision and we're headed into the right direction. But that involves a lot of young guys who we don't quite know what they are yet. Yeah, um, I, for me personally, one of the, like the things I do love the most about not even just football but like all sports is I love like prospects and i love like seeing young players and like seeing those traits and seeing them how they develop across years and seeing them become superstars and like the bears i hope there's some superstars mixed in there right now but like as you said like we're gonna be a bad team we were a bad team last year and when you're a bad team you normally have a lot of young guys mm -hmm. and so like this is just gonna be a great opportunity for us to give fans a better idea of who these young guys are even though we're not performing the best because don't get me wrong like i love the bears but it's hard to watch we're yeah. terrible it's not fun yeah, yeah. and like the idea is that like and we've had a lot of that. Yeah, and like the idea is that like we'll be able to you know maybe not be as satisfied with the outcome of the game, but rather look at the small performances of like Weller, it's like Larry Borum how he played, or like Justin Fields how we mm. played, or Darnell Mooney or Vilas Jones Jr. or like yeah. all of these multitudes of young guys we have. So that's kind of our big focus, I think, for this podcast. Yeah, and in addition to just the podcast in general. Uh, that explains our expectations for the season. We are not expecting a 10-11 win season from the what? Chicago Bears team. I know. If that I happens, am. I don't know about you. <laughs> we're going that, Super Bowl. If that happens, um, I think three things have 
three things have got to go like very perfectly, and that's Justin Fields takes a massive leap. Um, I mean, going throws 35 touchdowns and four interceptions. Velas ends up being like the guy, or Pringle is the guy, and the offensive line takes like 12 steps up from last year. Like, I really think those things have to happen and all perfectly for this team to win that many games. But we don't know yet. We really don't because there are a lot of question marks on these young guys. So let's jump into that a little bit because this episode is going to be a little different than as we get through the season because as we get into the season, like I said, we're going to specifically really laser focus on one particular player each podcast and what they're doing and maybe the things that they are affecting around them. I also want to say this up front. If you don't hear us say Roquan Smith or Justin Fields or Darnell Mooney, Um, or Jalen Johnson, that's because we're confident in those guys. Those are, um, we will talk about them during the season. We will talk about them in one of these episodes in the offseason. It's going to be hard not to talk about them. Yeah, Yeah. you have to. They're they're a big, major part of this football team. But this first episode is more focused on the guys that are young. Like I said, we will not say much at all about guys that are not in their first contract. But this one is really focused on, on those guys that, we are intrigued by yes the guys that whether that means where we want them to take a massive leap from last year but we saw glimpses last year that they could be good or somebody that is in a position battle this offseason that we're really interested in of who can actually win this or a position that we need like yeah what is next and that we, we'll talk a little bit more about that so we each I, I asked us to make a list of five guys so we each have five guys that we are most intrigued by um, this off, for this offseason to start as we head into camp now. And so we're going to dive into that. Dylan, what is your number one? All right, my number one guy, um, this is actually uh, a holdover of so the uh, Ryan Pace era. And, like, Ryan Pace, he did a lot of things wrong. But the one thing that I think no one can say he did wrong was draft poorly in the later half of the draft. And, mm-hmm. like, yes, like, he made some picks that, like, we never heard of ever again. But there are a lot of guys that he's picked that have had very successful careers. Mm-hmm. And... One of those guys who I think has had really kind of a breakout year last year that no one even talked about was Travis Gibson. Yes. And that is my number one pick for this guy right here, or for our list right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Last year, he had seven sacks, only started nine games, and in those games, he was only in for 49% of the snaps. So he was very effective when he played. And a lot of people will say, like, well, when you have a guy like Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack out there, it is a lot easier to, you know, get sacks and do stuff like that. And I do think that is a fair point. But also at the same time, like, the average, I was looking at Robert Quinn earlier, and I think it's kind of a good comparison for what kind of snaps he'll be getting this year. Mm-hmm. He was in for 77% of the snaps last year, yeah. and he got 20 sacks. Yeah. And like, we saw what Robert Quinn yeah, did. Robert Quinn can be very productive. I don't necessarily think he's going to be part of this team long term. He talked earlier today about saying he wants to be here, doesn't want to get traded. I don't necessarily think it's the best idea to have him along because mm-hmm. it's just a huge contract and like he's old, but yeah. that's not what we're talking about right now. Yeah. <laughs> but like, Travis Gibson is a guy who I think he's super fast, he's very athletic. And he's someone that I'm so excited to watch grow and develop because he is only going to get better. And, like, he got almost no playing time as a rookie. And his sophomore year, actually getting playing time, he exploded in terms of production. And, yes, there'll be actual game plans for him going into the season. But I love to see how he handles that. And instead of just being, like, a guy, he's going to have to handle being the guy. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a great test for him, and I'd love to see what happens. Well, and I think there's a couple of things interested. I love Travis, and I think that last year, like you said, there were already glimpses in just the short amount of time that we saw Travis. Um, He is really, really good at knocking the ball loose. He's really, really good at knowing where the quarterback is. So 
he had seven sacks, which is great. You love the you love the statistical numbers, but he wasn't just good in those statistical oh, yeah. numbers. Like yeah. just the the chaos he kind of caused. And like I said, when you when you know where the quarterback is, and last year going from a three four to now we're going to go to a four three, so he's going to be a defensive end this year, and he's going to have his hand in the dirt. But there is a little bit of a competition because uh, Eberflus brought in Muhammad from the Colts, yeah. and that's kind of he's. Familiar, not saying I think it'll be a good competition personally, but there is a little battle there for Travis this year because it's Flus's guy. Um, he's familiar with him from the Colts, but when you look at Muhammad's number, he numbers he had six sacks last year, thirteen QB hits, one forced fumble, and that was in seventeen starts. Yeah. So Muhammad's numbers and Travis's numbers are very very similar, and Travis played less than like half the time. Pretty much, yeah. Half the time. Um, but he's really, like I said, getting that ball loose is such a big thing. And we, we love it from peanut, you know, we loved the peanut punch and getting the ball out. And so to see a guy up front doing that is great. You want those turnovers at at the line of scrimmage is great. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how number one, that battle with Muhammad goes number two, how that switch from a three, four to a four, three goes, but I think he's a playmaker. And I agree that he, to me, looks like the long-term answer for, Whatever, way, honestly, whichever scheme, especially this year, if that transfer goes and we know he can play a four three or a three four, no questions. Yeah, no I questions. do. I do think it's fair to have some concerns about the change in scheme and everything, and even the competition with Muhammad. I think that's fair as well. But like at the same time, as I mentioned before, like I don't think Robert Quinn is long for this team. He has said otherwise, and nothing's really happened to this point. But I hope. I'm not saying I want Robert Quinn off the team. I'd like to get a good compensation back for him. Obviously, he's a 20 sack player. Yeah, he's getting paid a lot, so that definitely mm-hmm. know puts a hit on what you'll be able to get back. But I think once he's gone, it'll really kind of truly test him because he'll be the true number one. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a fun one to watch, and that's why we're here. Those yeah. those competitions right there, because like you said, if Quinn isn't here right now, he's here. If Quinn somehow during the season someone needs something and we get a big trade and compensation out of Quinn, and we know that Travis is there to step up, that's a little bit of a comfort, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to go on to my my number one. My number one is Valus, Valus Jones, and I um, am just so excited to watch him. I know there's a lot of things about him being 25 years old and it taking too long for him to get going in college football and all of these. Th- I, I don't want to hear it. I want a guy to opposite Mooney, that is going to pull away from Mooney. Allen Robinson didn't do a whole lot last year, but what he did was draw guys away from Darnell Mooney, which definitely helped Darnell Mooney. So we're going, we're going to need that. We're going to need that guy opposite Mooney who really pulls away from him. And I think Velas has the opportunity to do that. One of the things that I've heard recently is at SEC Media Days, they were talking about how at Tennessee – it took him a little while to get going, and a lot of people say it was just because, like, he wasn't good, and it took him five years to get good. But one of the interesting things I heard was that Josh Josh Heupel, he took over the head coaching position at Tennessee last year. That's when Velas took off. That's when he had his best season. He was the only college player last year to have over 800 yards receiving and over 600 yards and returns and kick return yards. That's good. Like that is good for a player who previous to that was really struggling in that receiving area, like punting, punt returns, kick returns. He was great. That was never the issue. It was that receiving side. So I've heard that Jeremy Pruitt kind of wasn't giving Velas all the opportunity, wasn't really good at developing Velas into the guy that was going to be the receiver. He was good at developing Velas into the guy that was going to be the returner. So if you have a coach who sees that, and can really transfer that into the NFL and really work with him on being 
both possibly, but I would like a receiver um, to, like I said, pull away from Mooney. I think it's really important. And we have guys, I'm not mentioning Pringle because Pringle's a little bit older. So for me in this podcast right now, I'm going to say Bayless for that wide receiver position. Yeah. And like, honestly, I do think he, the thing with him is like, it's the age. That's the thing that everyone's yeah. scared about. It's just like, he's already 25. Like by the time his rookie contract's over, he's almost going to be 30. Like it's concerning mm-hmm. for that. At the end of the day, like, just because you're 25 doesn't mean you're a bad football player. Like, sure, like, yes, maybe your ceiling isn't as high as a 22-year-old, but at the same time, like, he still has these skills that are very projectable to the NFL, where it's speed, it's uh, good route running, it's be able to have quick cuts, and he does all of those things really well, I feel like. And not to mention, like, prior to his entrance into the team, I don't really feel like we had a good option when it comes to special teams, when it comes to returning. I'd say he is our guy now. A a guy like Jakeem Grant was someone I wanted to keep around. Weren't able to do that, and I think he's going to be a good replacement for that. So I think it's a great choice. Yeah, and I think that when it comes to the age, we're also getting um, maturity in that too, which I think the Bears need. The Bears have a lot of young guys. We're going to keep saying it because they're there. Um, This is a young guy because he's in his rookie contract, but he's 25, so he has a maturity level that can kind of help that young wide receiver group um, hopefully be successful and learn. And he's obviously hardworking because he didn't give up in the time that he was at Tennessee and say, forget this, like, it's not working. You know? I'm, I'm pretty sure he was at USC, too, for a couple of years and then transferred to Tennessee. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have, right. I'd have to look that up. But, like, he is just Which someone... maybe is where some of the, yeah, the and issues Yeah, it, it, it also explains why he was there longer, too, because, yeah. like, transferring makes it so much more difficult to do handle all that stuff. So yeah, it definitely was a lot more difficult, for sure, I bet. All right, number two for you. All right, number two for me. This is going to be someone that's actually been in the news the last couple of mm. days. Jaquan Brisker. Yes. Um, thank God he signed, signed to a contract. Signed it, pen to paper. <laughs> it was so weird how like everyone was just like, Jaquan Brisker is going to hold out until late August. We've got Roquan uh, situation 2.0 back yeah. when he was a rookie and all of this stuff. And then a day later, he's yeah. got a deal. And it was like, he's not going to even come to terms until the season starts. And it was just all this drama for no reason. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I feel <laughs> like I saw that there was like another, I don't remember who exactly, but there was another, uh, I think it was maybe a guy with the Ravens. Um, I think it was the guy, actually, no, the guy out of Michigan that tore his ACL. Yeah, yeah. He was having a holdout, and it was a very similar issue of, like, how much of their third year was guaranteed. And it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting to see, like, that's apparently a big holdout for a lot of rookies. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Jaquan Brisker, back to the important stuff. Yes. Um, he is someone that I think can finally solidify the strong safety position for yes. us. And I think we've had a really big problem there mm-hmm. since Amos left yes. to go to the Packers. Thanks, Amos. And... That's the has, ultimate Bears trash talk. Yeah, now too, it's just so it's annoying. just like like you were like you were here when it was fun. We yeah. had Club Dub going; it was cool. And then you just left, and everything went to hell. And like it's just, I wouldn't say it was because of Adrian Amos, but yeah. like he definitely helped. We can blame him a little. Yeah, and it's just like he definitely is. He's one of those guys that like he's not a ball hawk type of safety, but like you don't want that in a strong safety. You yeah. want someone that's going to knock your block off. And like mm-hmm. he is a guy who's going to go after players. And I genuinely believe, like maybe not this year, he's not going to be like our number two, number three guy in tackles. But I think as he develops, he's going to be up there a lot. And he's yeah. going to be able to play as like pretty much a linebacker that can go in coverage for us. And he is one of those guys, like when I was reading a lot of the scouting reports for him, he came out as a senior. And so he was able to come out to the draft last year. But instead of coming out, you know, getting picked late, he took back what scouts said. And a lot of the things that he had to work on, he got better at. Yeah. And that made him propel him all the way up to a second round pick. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think he's a guy who can work really hard and get is willing to put in the hard work to get where he wants to be. Like, something that I think a lot of Bears fans don't know that I mentioned to you, like, he started out at community college. Mm-hmm. Like, that is something that, like, it's very difficult to go from there. And, like, it wasn't because he wasn't good enough. I think it was for academic reasons. Yeah. But even still, like, he was able to work hard and get the grades he needed to get, got to Penn State, worked hard, got yeah. got the skills he needed to get, and got to the Bears. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think people who can take that journey, it means a lot. And I yeah. think that, like, 
having that kind of work ethic is only going to be good for the Bears. Yeah, and I think that Brisker is a guy that, number one, like we needed. Yes. <laughs> we needed a yes. strong safety. Last year was miserable at that position. You didn't like um, Deshaun Gibson? I, no, yeah, <laughs> it was just, no. They, he was here in Jacksonville, too, and it was just never pretty. Yeah. Um, being Eddie Jackson has stuff to prove, too. We're not going to dive into that right now. But at that free safety spot, Maybe that takes a little pressure off of Eddie, though, yeah. honestly. Um, we've seen glimpses of Eddie being really good, so I'm hoping that that is back because Poles is giving him a chance. But Brisker, we need – we just needed that strong safety position so bad because behind that, there's just a lot of fringe players, which is cool to have for depth. That's cool to, like, throw guys in and mix up the schemes a little bit here and there. But one of the main things with Brisker is that – He's versatile. He can play against almost every coverage. He's really, really good against some of those bigger tight ends. Um, he's really – he's just one of those guys that you can count on in multiple forms. And we saw last year at certain points, specifically against the Green Bay, uh, the second game against Green Bay, that he uh, – Jalen Johnson was – shutting down Devontae Adams. The secondary was actually holding Green Bay, and it looked like things were going well. Aaron Rodgers wasn't running all over us. And uh, then halftime happened, and then we came back in, and they made some adjustments, and our secondary didn't make any adjustments. I blame some of that on Matt Nagy. I blame some of that on some of the players that were out there on the secondary at the time. I think Quan Brisker is a guy – that is smart enough has who has been who has played against so many different schemes that it's going he's going to be able to make those changes and make those adjustments and move with the the changes he's very instinctive um he it, it's going to be fun i'm excited to watch him because it's definitely it was a little scary with the holdout people freaked out for nothing but i was like okay this is the we need this we need a strong safety um he's big he has big hands there's all the things you want to hear yes <laughs> yes from a guy um, for that strong safety position, especially one that's been lacking. All right, we're going to go to uh, – oh, did you have something? Oh, I was just going to say, I do think that – I do think that having a um, productive strong safety next to Eddie Jackson really kind of gives him an opportunity to really um, blossom more as a player. And I was just looking up to try and see exactly when it was, but I'm pretty certain that the last Eddie Jackson, Eddie Jackson year mm-hmm. he had was when Adrian was still playing alongside him. Yeah. And, like – so how much did that factor yeah, in? Yeah, you'd have to imagine, yeah. like, it just gives, when, when he's got someone he knows, like, Eddie Jackson, no shocker here, not the best tackler. Yeah. Like, that is not something he's good at. Yeah. And, like, Chuck Pagano, we when see he some was whiffs. <laughs> Yeah, when, when Chuck Pagano was here, he had to play up in the box a uh-huh. lot and, like, very clearly didn't work. And, like, I do think once we get Eddie Jackson to more of, like, that, you are our center fielder, you are a ball hawk, you mm-hmm. go get the ball. That's what you focus on, yeah. coverage. And, like, yes, you still got to tackle your yeah. playing football. But, like, Jaquan Brisker can take a lot of that pressure off of him yeah. I feel like and so like I'm really excited for that me too yeah I love it um okay so I'm gonna go to my number two which is Thomas Graham uh Thomas Graham was a bit of a, a bright spot down the stretch he made a lot of people start questioning even more we were already questioning at this time what this coaching staff was doing and what Matt Nagy was doing people were honestly at certain points being like is he keeping guys in his bo- back pocket so like at the end of the season when we suck, he could pull them out and be like, well, I still have these guys. You know, like I honestly was like, is Nagy trying to fool us right now? Because when he put certain guys in, like Thomas Graham, they were successful. And we only – it was glimpses. But to me – and who knows? Maybe he wasn't ready yet. Maybe Thomas Graham wasn't ready. And when Nagy felt he was ready, he put him out there. I don't know. But I felt like almost immediately when he went out there, he had four pass breakups within the first few games right away. Um, but – the one thing with this is they signed Tavon Young. 
that's going to be a big competition. He's probably going to win the starting job, honestly, everything I've heard about Tavon Young. Um, but I think the battle will be fun to watch. It adds some depth at that position, which I think is important. And I think even more importantly, that's two younger guys. Um, but that gives Thomas Graham, that's another guy that we can look forward to the future for the Bears, especially if he keeps developing, if he keeps getting better, if they're using him. Um, like I said, we don't ever want to think about injuries, but they happen. And so that nickel corner spot is important. And that nickel corner spot is one that, again, has been a little questionable. So I think it'll be fun. Um, I'm excited for the potential that he has. The reason I didn't say Tavon Young as my number one, and I'm saying Thomas Graham, though, is because Tavon's in year five. So focusing on these young guys and this young guy is about a guy that's going to battle Tavon. And, I mean, who he could potentially win. If he wins, cool. We have another young guy that's out there that we ha- we can look forward to for however many years. Yeah. Thomas Graham is one of those guys that I remember when we drafted him, he had sat out, I'm pretty certain, his senior year mm-hmm. or the year prior because of COVID. Yeah. And uh, he didn't – he it affected his draft stock quite a bit. He ended up going, I think, in like a sixth round. And he was one of the guys that I wasn't super familiar with. I did a little bit of research with on him, and I think he was like – the last year he played, I think, 2019. He was, like, all Pac-12 corner, first team or second team. Like, played a really good season. Sat, sat out. Saw his stock dive quite a bit. And then he comes to the Bears and gets cut out of training camp. And then I was just like, well, I guess he wasn't that good. And, like, he ends up coming back in the practice squad and making the team again. And then he plays, and he p- plays well. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, the second corner spot for us all of last year was just a revolving door yeah. of, like, Someone that can please do something. Yeah. Because it's just like. Just give us anything. Like something. And like when he got in there, like he wasn't a shutdown corner, but it was yeah. something. And yeah. it's just like, it kind of shows to how frustrating this last coaching staff was, where it's just like, this guy's been sitting on your bench yeah. the entire season. And, cut for a moment. Yeah. Cut for a moment. <laughs> and we've had such poor play out of our cornerbacks. It's just like, how do you not give him a little bit of run? And so like, I totally agree with you. He's a guy that like, Maybe isn't going to be like a solidified starter, you know, coming into this season. If he can show a lot in camp and show some more in the preseason, early season, like, who knows? Yeah. All right, we're going to take a short little commercial break, and then we're going to get back to our last. We'll speed through those ones a little quicker, the three, four, five, because I think those top two for each of us are the most important. So quick little break, and then we'll be right back to finish up. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome back into Making Monsters. If you're just joining us or if you've fast-forwarded or whatever the case may be, uh, we're breaking down some of the guys we're most intrigued by, and uh, Making Monsters is all about the first contract guys. So um, we're not going to say much about the guys that are beyond the four years. We are going to talk about Justin, Roquan, Darnell, Jalen. Just this podcast isn't specifically for them other than little glimpses. Uh, A little bit more in the weeds, as you like to say. Yes, exactly. So, so far we have Travis Gibson, Jaquan Brisker, Valus Jones, and Thomas Graham. Number three for you, Dylan. Number three for me, um, that's going to be Larry Borum. And he is someone that I think this last year for me, another one of those guys that Ryan Pace, like, as much as I hated Ryan Pace, that guy could find (laughs) talent at the end of the draft. Like, if he just wants to come back and, like, just scout a little bit, give yeah. some advice from rounds five to seven, don't listen to him anytime other yeah. than that. Definitely not I'd in be, free agency. <laughs> that'd be perfect. Like, perfect for me. But I guess, you know, Atlanta's dealing with that problem now. But, you know, yeah. that's their Have issue. Have fun, Atlanta. 
Yeah, but uh, he's someone that like really surprised me coming out of Mizzou last year. I definitely saw the potential, and he's very athletic. He's a mm-hmm. good player, but like I'm not an expert when it comes to offensive linemen, and I think it's probably the sport or the position in the sport that is the hardest to be an expert at. Yeah, because and, there's not statistical numbers yeah. that much other than like he's allowed this many sacks and he's had this many penalties. Exactly. And yeah. like I do really feel like unless you like, truly dedicate yourself to like scouting like that, it's kind of hard to give a good opinion on it. But like for me, I was just like, yeah, this guy looks pretty decent, and mm-hmm. like the way he played last year. Was he a stud? No. Yeah. Was he bad? No. Definitely not bad either. Yeah. And like he was, he definitely did a lot more than what you thought you were going to get out of a fifth round pick. And he became a guy that's just like, in my opinion, someone that's really competing to be a potential starter on this team right now. And there's a guy who was picked ahead of him mm-hmm. that he's competing with now. Yeah. And it's just like, you yeah. know, it shows the talent he's had. Yeah. And I, like just to go back and think about last year a little bit he got injured early he came in Jason Peters got injured early then he got injured early but when he finally came back from that injury almost immediately he he had to face Nick Bosa and TJ Watt Mm -hmm. those are the two guys that he was battling when he came back and he only allowed one sack and two pressures from Nick Bosa and TJ Watt. two of the best ends without a doubt in the league there were struggles a little bit, you know, throughout yeah. the rest of the season. There were some penalty issues. There were um, sacks allowed. It's, go- think, it's going to happen. I think you had like five sacks. I, I think, think I saw five total. Something like yeah. that, yeah. Around that area. But um, that kind of ties in with my number three, which is Tevin Jenkins. So yeah. it's, it's perfect because right now it's funny because four days ago there was question marks in a lot of the offensive line other than Lucas Patrick and Cody Whitehair. Now it seems like it's kind of settled in because – Poles and the Bears have now signed a couple other uh, Michael Schofield veteran and then also uh, Riley Reef. Reef is that how you yeah, say I think it's yeah. Um, so with that, it kind of it kind of establishes the offensive line a little bit more. Left tackle. This is just a guess. I don't know. They could move things around, but from what I'm seeing, uh, left tackle Riley Reef, center Lucas Patrick, left guard. Well. Okay, so, yeah, center Lucas Patrick, left guard will be white, right hair, white hair, right guard, Schofield. Um, and this is why Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins come in at that right tackle spot. And so it's going to be really, really fun to watch the two of them battle for that spot because we saw glimpses from both of them. Unfortunately, they both had injuries. Tevin started the season last year with a back injury and back surgery. <sighs> he so didn't even get in until yeah. halfway through the season. Um, he had a really, he, that game first was very rough. First game back, we were like, uh-oh, this is not pretty. Then he played the Vikings. and the Vikings game, he looked really good. And there was glimpses there were like, okay, uh, is this the left tackle that we need? I I like him at left tackle, but obviously that position has uh, Riley at it right now. It looks like he'll win that just because he is a veteran and he's a little more established at that position. But it makes for a fun right tackle battle in camp. And I think that both of them also – can move around if need be. Yeah. But it, it does make it a little, let's take a step back because there was some panic of like, they did nothing to protect Justin Fields. And then now he signs two veteran guys. Maybe it's not the best coming off of Bengals' uh, offensive line that got Joe Burrow killed. But, but also to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That, so yeah. There's, so there's, there's positives there's and one. negatives. Yeah. So. They, um, I think the two things with Larry and Tevin, you saw glimpses of good. You also saw a decent amount of penalties from each of them. Um, and you saw some sacks allowed from each of them. That's Which, stuff that can. That's the stuff that will get better. Yeah, and those that's aren't, those aren't crazy things for rookies to be doing. Yeah, you know, like no. that's, it's not like you know he's like just the speed of the NFL is coming at you. It's not like we're in Jacksonville and they're just spinning around on the offensive line, not knowing what to do. You know, yeah. like it's like it's not insane mistakes where it's just like I don't know if this guy can work. And like I don't know. I think something with Tevin Jenkins that a lot of Bears fans 
aren't as aware of is like they see like this guy was a second round pick, Larry Borman was a fifth round pick, like Kevin Jenkins should be starting. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? And it's just like no, that's Ryan, not how it and, works. And Ryan Poles in his eyes. Yeah. Kevin Jenkins is a sunk cost at yeah. this point. And him, he's just another player on this team. And like, as we've mentioned, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but like Braxton Jones has been getting yeah. a lot of run with the ones ahead of Kevin Jenkins. Mm-hmm. And it's just like he was picked in what, the fifth round this year? Yeah. And it just shows that like and it sounds like he's been pretty successful there yeah, too. Yeah, and like it's just like just because you got picked a second round, yeah, does not mean anything's guaranteed. And let alone like he barely played last year, yeah. and like he's someone that I think is really gonna have to fight if he wants to play. Yeah, I think so because you have two guys. You have Larry and now Braxton, and Braxton is Poles and Flus guy. Yeah, you know, like you're not. And granted, Poles told us when he took over this team that he's going, to, he's not going to use last year accountable for any of the players. He's going to make his own decisions because. Last year was just kind of a wash for a lot of these guys. Um, so Poles has a vision, and Poles' vision is I'm going to look at these guys and pick who I think are the best starting offensive linemen, not who we picked in the second round, and maybe that's who I feel like should be starting because we've seen in a lot of cases all over the league that's not the case always. So that's three for both of us. What's your four? Four for me. So this is someone who's probably the most established of any of our names, I'm assuming, uh, David Montgomery. And okay. he is someone that, he is technically still on that first contract, mm-hmm. and he is about to get paid, and that is a huge question for a lot of Bears fans, where it's whether or not do we pay this guy, do we trade him? It's, you know, it's the big question, I'd say, amongst the Bears fans, because, like, Roquan Smith, just like, that could be a question, too, but, like, I think every Bears fan, you know, first of all, is, like, pay him whatever he wants. Yeah. This, a little bit different. And David Montgomery is one of those guys who I've been a fan of for probably a lot longer than a lot of Bears fans, because I went to college with David. Okay. And, oh, yeah. You're Iowa yeah, State. And, like, I actually, like, Got to talk to him a couple times. I was working with the radio department there, and, like, he's one of those guys that just, like, he doesn't take any BS from mm-hmm. anyone, and, like, he works hard, and I've really always believed in him as a running back because, like, that man can break tackles. Yeah. Like, it's his job. Like, yeah. he is fantastic at it. And, like, last year when he was He's playing, fast. He's good yeah. at protecting the ball. And, like, he's one of those things where it's just, like, I will say, when it comes to, like, he's not a speed demon. He's not one of those guys that's just a huge bulk that you just can't bring down. Yeah. But like he does have he's good at so many things yeah. that like it makes up. Well for... he's quick, but he's not one that's just gonna roll everybody exactly. over with yeah, his speed. Exactly. Yeah. And he's and smaller like, too. Like yeah. he's shorter, especially compared to some of the running backs and we're like, seeing now. Honestly, like I think that kind of helps him to the way that he plays because like he stays so low to the ground and yeah. like, he can just break those tackles and like we saw it with Tariq Cohen. Yeah, too. like I like I remember watching with Iowa State so much and like I'd be up in the press box breaking a lot of those games and he was like at that point, Iowa State is not what it was today. And, like, he was one of the few bright spots there. Mm. And it's just, like, this guy looks so good. And I'm so excited to see what he can do for the next level. And then the Bears drafted him. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, like, my God. I get to see it. I get to and see I get to again. cheer for it. Yeah. And, yeah. like, yeah. So he's one of those guys where it's just, like, the payment. Obviously, I get the issue of paying running backs. He's For me, it's just, like, I would like to be, like, hey, like, maybe we can get him for, like, a decent deal. Mm-hmm. You know, not something crazy. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, yes, it is not super hard to find a good running back. But also, at the same time, it's just, like, we're not paying anyone right now. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying like it should be an excuse to overpay someone that yeah. we don't necessarily need a lot right now, but like. And we have two, three years until we yeah. really have to. And like he's not bad. Yeah. Like at the, at the very least, I think he's good, you yeah. know, and like I think he's someone that I think if given the opportunity to succeed, especially in a run heavy offense that they want to run, I think he could do great things. And yeah. I do think this is going to be a big year for him to actually, you know, establish himself as not just a good running back, but mm-hmm. an elite running back in the NFL. Yeah, and I think because of what you just said, the run-heavy offense, which we heard they want to lean towards, that gives David Montgomery, but also Cleo Herbert, who's another young guy yeah. um, that we saw last year come in and you know step up for David Montgomery, and you didn't see a whole lot of drop-off. I love David Montgomery. 
I will. I want to see. I don't want to pay him a ton of money, but like yeah. you said, if you can get him on a good deal. But I also want to see him break a thousand yards this season. I think that's going to be really important. I want to see some more touchdowns. Um, I want to be convinced that in a full season we can get this full David Montgomery experience. And I, we've had the little. We've had the glimpses of it. It's been so close to that thousand, but not quite. Um, so that's kind of what I want to see. We'll go through some of these other ones quicker, uh, just because we're getting towards the end of the list. Uh, that was your. Four. four. So, yeah. So, my four is Cole Komet. Uh, I think that Cole Komet, we saw last year with him and Justin already get a connection going. We yeah. saw it, and it kind of even increased as the season started going. But right now in the NFL, you are seeing how important these, like, multi-use tight ends are. The ones that can block, the ones that can receive, the ones that can just, like, bulldoze guys over, the ones that can go and catch the ball 50 yards down the field, the end zone threat type of guys. Um, the guys that the teams, the majority of the teams that make it deep into the playoffs right now have that guy. It is it is such more an important position that it is today than it was even five years ago, yes. ten years ago. Like it's drastically more important. And I think that's why. Um, also, being being a Notre Dame fan, I've loved Cole Komet since Notre Dame. Also, he's also a Chicago kid. Highland so Park, that's born cool. and raised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, so, or is it Arlington. I don't even know. One of those two. Yeah, I, I think I, it's Arlington. I mean, actually, I don't love, even know. Bears fan. Same with Schofield, by yeah. the way. The guy that they uh, added to the line is from Chicago, and he's super excited. He said he uh, his first jersey was a Kyle Orton jersey. I read that earlier. Miss um, Kyle Orton. Yeah, I think he's in Iowa now. Just living in that. I don't know what he's up to. Just having a good time in Iowa. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I just we are a lot. A lot of the complaints with Cole Komet were that they want to see him do more than just like that third and long type of deal because that's kind of what they used. I don't specifically put that blame all on Cole Komet. More coaching. I, yeah, like Matt Nagy had this mindset of like what he wanted to do with the offense was it, and we saw that when it came to like Bill Lazor when he was calling plays, how drastically different it was from when Matt Nagy was calling plays. But you can't deny the fact that from year one and two, the massive leap that Cole Komet took. And I think that in part that is Justin Fields, and that's that connection with Justin Fields. So I'm super excited. I just really, really do want to see him. I do want to see him all over, but I also want to see him in the end zone. We saw so much Jimmy Graham in the end zone last year. I get you got to get like that eight, nine million out of him or whatever you paid him. But I want to see red zone commit. I want to see end zone commit because that's what those tight ends are for. Those big tight ends are so fun in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, like you literally just stole the words right out of my mouth. Like I very much like Jimmy Graham. Like his job last year was get in the red zone, red zone, run five yards, turn around. Yeah. Like, and don't get me wrong, he was effective at that. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think Jimmy Graham ended up being a lot better for the Bears than a lot of people thought he initially would be, considering how washed up he was when they yeah. signed that contract. We were like Jimmy. Exactly. It's just like oh my god, and like he's. I don't even want to get into it. But, like, Cole Komet is one of those guys where, like, I do think he and Justin have a good connection. And, like, Justin is one of those guys where, like, I think he's been a great leader of the locker room so far. And, like, especially all these receivers and tight ends, I think he's very much made an effort to, like, you know, make a relationship with them and, like, train with them and, like, try and succeed with them instead of just trying to succeed on his own. Mm -hmm. And I think that Cole, it's going to be a big season. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, like, He's got the opportunity to swim or he's going to drown. You know, like he is our tight end this season. Like there's no Jimmy Graham around us being like, yeah. oh, like maybe him. So like this is going to be his real chance to be like, is he going to be a real tight end in the NFL or not? Yeah. So, And I think he can be. I just just the question is, can he do it? Yeah. So I agree. Uh, so you're last one. So my last guy, Um, this is someone who I think is, he's well, he is a newer face to the Bears. And he's someone that I actually got really excited about when I heard we traded for. And that's Nikhil Harry. Yes. And Nikhil Harry is someone that I loved in college mm. he was at arizona state just cooking dudes yeah and i thought oh my god the patriots got their wide receiver of the future <laughs> forever good for them like thank god they finally got a receiver to be able to develop a receiver 
well. Yeah. That necessarily hasn't uh-uh. worked out. Yeah. And he's ended up on the Bears now for a seventh-round pick. And he's one of those guys that he's just a big-bodied receiver. Yeah. And those are my favorite kind of receivers. I think just being able to go out there and get the ball where no one else can is such mm-hmm. a valuable skill to have. And he's 6'3". I think he was like 230 pounds, 40 pounds. Huge guy. Yeah. And he is just presents a body type to the receiver room that we just don't have yeah. at all. Like, I think the next closest guy is, like, Velas, and he's a little he's over six, only six feet. But yeah. Exactly. Like, it's – he provides a, an edge to the room that we don't have. And not to mention, like, we traded a seventh-round pick for this guy. Yeah. And he was a former first-round pick, I think. Yeah, first – it was yeah, like a first or late second. Mm-hmm. One of those two. It was, like, 32nd pick, Yeah, I it, was, it was. It was, yeah. like, it was, it was at the end or right at the beginning mm-hmm. of the second round. Either way. But, like, he is someone who I really believe in the potential. And, like, I will say, I'm saying all of this – being well aware of the fact that, like, there's a chance he's it, just cut at the end of camp. Yeah. You know, like... That he doesn't make the there's, roster, there's, but... there, That is a realistic possibility, but at the end of the day, like, I love these kind of moves because at the end of the day, like, seventh-round picks, they're all the shots in the dark. Yeah. You know, like, you can make educated guesses, obviously, but, like, most of the time, they're not working out, so, like, what's the point on, ta- on not taking a chance in a former yeah. first-round pick and, like, you know, seeing what he can do? And something else is he's a great blocker. Yeah. And, like... We're trying to run the ball, and if we got guys like Pringle and Nikhil Harry out there, yeah. like Helps. it's going to be a lot more helpful. Yeah. So, like, he's someone that, like, I don't necessarily think is a shoo-in to make the team, but, mm-hmm. like, he could either do nothing yeah. or do a lot. Yeah. You know, I could really see him being a very key piece of this team moving forward if he can actually, you know, has a chance to do, you know, what he wanted to do in New England. And, yeah. like, speaking today with the media, he um, was very positive, said, mm-hmm. like, he loved getting traded. Like Had a can... little bit of a chip on his shoulder yeah. today. Which you know, I, and, I like, like I think he's one of those guys that's just, like, he could be a he could have a real chance to be our number two. Yeah. You know, I truly believe in that potential there, but like it's just can you get there? Yeah. And he has it to this point. And can this coaching staff yeah. get him? And there. I think something else is too is that it can be very interesting is his two quarterbacks so far have been Tom Brady and Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Not bad quarterbacks by yeah. any means. But I do think that their style is very different from yeah. Justin's. And I do think maybe that style might be more conducive to him because yeah. like Mac Jones and um Tom Brady, they're gonna sit in the pocket all day. They're not gonna move, you know, like Maybe a little bit, but like yeah. at the end of the day, like there are pocket passengers. Justin Fields, I believe, is a true dynamic dual threat. We're like, yeah, he can stand in the pocket, throw it seventy yards, or mm-hmm. he can run sixty yards, and yeah. like that makes it so Which much easier for a receiver. Get? You know, yeah. like. Well, and I think that the the thing with Harry is he he's not a separation guy. Yes. Don't expect this guy to get a ton of separation and get out there. He's a physical guy, yeah. and that's kind of what you were just hitting on. Uh, this this could go two ways. It could go. Uh, he doesn't make it. He's cut during camp, and we lose a seventh round pick. Or he makes the team, and he's like a number one guy, or I mean, a number two guy, and he's solid, and he's making plays, and he's getting the jump balls, and he's getting all those contested fifty fifty catches. And Ryan Poles looks like a genius. Yeah, and very much. So we would love one other than the other, but in a year, if he didn't make the team, we wouldn't be like, oh my god, I can't believe that Ryan Pohl spent a seventh round pick on Nikhil Harry. Yeah, like, I do think these are the kind of trades we should be making. Like, I think after it happened initially, like, I personally wouldn't like going after this specific person, but like, a guy like Jalen Rager, I mm-hmm. think is a perfect example of like, that's a first round pick receiver, second round pick receiver, you know, guys like that, who, excuse me, sorry, who, who had an opportunity, hasn't really worked out there, but like, some people saw a potential at some point. And I'm like yeah. one of those guys who like, if you get picked in the first round, I'm just like, at some point, someone smart thought you were going to be good. Yeah. So, like, maybe it's still in there. And, like, seven-round picks, like, yes, you can still get productive players there, but, like, it's not super common. So, like, what's the point of not taking chances? Yeah. So, like, trying to find guys like that I think would be a great idea. I, I do, too. And I think that, as you mentioned, his time at, at Arizona State it was. Yeah. Um, he was the exact guy that the Bears are looking for right now, the perimeter guy, the big guy, the contested catches guy, the 50-50. Great for the red zone. Pull, yeah, yeah, in the red zone. 
pull that attra- the all the attraction double coverage off Darnell Mooney because you got to have two guys on to kill Harry because exactly. he's so big. Um, perfect. What the what the Bears need, but like you said, um, it's a toss up of which way it's going to go right now. I think we'll know sooner rather than later in camp of which direction that's going. Yeah, down. I mean, like I could very much see like he. Barely gets the ball in the preseason, gets cut. But I could also see him being like the main focus. Yeah, you know? where there's like, a lot of chatter around him. Yeah, We're and like, like, wow, this could be two. And like, I'm not saying like he's already like top of the depth chart, but like in the preseason, like they're not giving the ball to Darnell Mooney. They know what they're getting out of him, yeah. you know? So they're going to feed the guys. They want to see what they can have. And so like, I could see him getting a lot of play early in the season. So. Yeah. So my last one is going to be Kyrie's Tonga. Um, Tonga. The seventh rounder. Seventh rounder, yeah. Tonga. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know a whole lot about Tonga. I just remember specifically seeing him out on the field at certain points last year and being like, okay, this dude's big. Can't miss the hair. Yeah, the <laughs> hair is something. I do remember him completely uh, getting a foul, and he completely body slams TJ Hawkinson at one point. Oh, and yeah. I was like, okay, let's not get penalties, but that was <laughs> awesome. You know, yeah. um, He has strength. He's big. Uh, he is going to be... He'll be playing beside Justin Jones. Um, they're both more of 3-4 type guys, so it's, this is going to be an interesting too because what they're, what they're doing with this scheme this year, these guys aren't going to get a ton of sacks. They're not going to be getting a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback. What they're going to be doing is blocking, containing the run, creating opportunities for the defensive ends. Being a big body. A, being a big body, creating that. That takes so much pressure off the secondary, and I don't think a lot of people realize how much having that big body blocking guy who can just st- be a wall – Helps the guys in the back for the defensive ends. Yeah. So um, with Goldman and Hicks gone, it's a big a a big gap that needs to be fixed up front. And I'm excited to see Tonga fill that gap. I will say like uh, Akeem Hicks was not very healthy last year, and like in the times that Tonga got in for him, like he was productive. He was not someone that I went out there just like, oh my god, who the hell is this guy? You know, like he was out there and making plays. And was he a game changer? No. But like, was he was doing the things that like contribute to winning? Maybe there wasn't a whole lot of it happening, but he is a player that I am confident in is not going to be terrible. Yeah, you know? and and that's good. We don't want terrible yeah. players don't on the roster. Um, he's just one that I, it's not of. I don't think we're going to be saying his name every game. I agree. But I think there's going to be moments where we're going to be like, whoa. Like, yeah, but like even a guy like Eddie Goldman, like when he was here, when he was productive, yeah. like. Sometimes the quiet ones are the good yeah, ones because you're saying. not like, saying, oh, there's another penalty or what did he just whiffed on the yeah, block, like you, whatever. Sometimes it's good to be quiet. Yeah, the flashy sacks draw attentions, but like you got to love some good run stopping, yes. you know, like. Um, all right. So we're going to start wrapping this up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, honorable mentions, because there's a lot of these guys. Like I said, do not be mad at us that we did not name Roquan Smith, Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney or Jalen Johnson. We just Johnson. think they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're no, that, that's why we no. didn't say their names. No, we just already know who they are. We yeah. know the direction those players can go. There's not a lot of question marks. There's not a battle for them, most likely. Um, we are confident in who they are. So yeah. they're not as intriguing. Yes, I'm intrigued by Justin Fields of how much he's going to progress, pro- progress yeah. this year, how much of a leader he'll be this year. Um, Roquan is in contract talks right now. We have Jalen, who we – I love Jalen Johnson. He's so much fun. It's been a while since I feel like we've he's had a guy a like that. He's a good corner. Yes, he's yeah. good, and he's solid. And, like, you even heard chatter outside of the Bears organization talking about Jalen Johnson. Like I said, he completely shut down Devontae Adams in the first half of that Packers game, and it was beautiful. I want more of that. Um, and then what happened in the second half? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Maggie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, but guys like Braxton Jones we mentioned a little bit. Guys like Khalil Herbert we mentioned a little bit. Um Tavon Young, we talked about. Kyler Gordon's another one. Kyler Gordon's had some injury issues uh, during minicamp and during OTAs, so we're it'll be interesting to see that, but that's another guy that could be potentially battling for a position. Um, could We could see him later in the season. We could not. We could see him 
at camp and be like, wow, he's actually better than we thought he was, or is he healthy? I think there's a lot of, a little bit of questions right now for that position um, specifically. But is there anybody else that is on your honorable mention list? Uh, someone that I, it's kind of more of a personal, someone that I always liked because I'm, I have, I'm an on and off Notre Dame fan, I'll mm-hmm. say. And like one of the guys who definitely had always caught my time in his time there was a, a Kwame St. Brown. Mm-hmm. Quite the name on him, right? Yeah. Um, but he's a guy who he was with the Packers the last few years. Didn't really do how, do a whole heck of a lot, but like he's a big he's a bigger body and he's very athletic. And like I like what I saw from him in Notre Dame. So like he's another one of those guys where it's like yeah, like and technically he isn't a first contract guy, but I think he's only like twenty four. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he's one of those guys who's like let's see what he has. You yep. know, like at the end of at the end of the day, like our wide receiver room is so. It's not. We saw his brother take off in yeah, Detroit I'm last Ra, year. Yeah, had a great season last yeah. year. You know, and it's just like, it's not our wide receiver room. Like, I don't want to say it's like the worst. Yeah, because it, it's not. It's bad. Yeah, but like Darnell Mooney's pretty. there. Like there are guys. It's there very that, questionable. Yeah. Is the problem? Yeah. It's just we could have a great one. We just don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know. And like, <laughs> it'll be very interesting to see like what's going to happen. And like, I definitely do think that there's a lot more things that need to be added to the wide receiver room. And like, that's what this next offseason is supposed to be. Like yeah. the next offseason, like. The draft, let's hope we get a great pick. Yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba, that's a guy that I love so yeah. far. You know, fingers crossed. But So hopefully we're talking about him next season. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this is episode one of yeah. Making Monsters. Obviously, we have a lot of monsters to talk about or the creation of monsters. Um, just a reminder, this podcast is all about these first contract guys. These first contract guys are going to be very important to the Bears. The Bears are in this rebuilding process, maybe not from the ground because they do have pieces. They have building blocks. They have guys that could be the future in quarterback and running back and wide receiver on the offensive line, on the defensive line, in the secondary. Almost every level of the Bears roster has young guys that we could be talking about yeah. in five, ten years from now. Yeah, and I, um, do, I or, do. And hopefully we are. Yeah, and I think something else to mention that's important is not only are we looking at these guys, that is, as the season goes on, we're probably expecting not the best team. Yeah. So that's going to mean a good draft pick. And the yes. idea is once And a lot be- of money in this off- yeah. next And off- the season. idea is, you know, we, we'll be able to actually talk about some of those guys, like, you know, like Keishon Butte or Jack mm-hmm. Smith and Jigba or like some yeah. of those names who like might be pretty intriguing for the Bears at the top of the draft next year. So, yeah, so, um, yeah that's our, our whole premise. We will have our podcast on Thursday mornings all season long. We're going to be doing preseason. Preseason podcast will be a little different. We're going to the next few weeks kind of break down each position group. We gave you our top five on each, but we're really going to focus on position groups specifically, but the young guys in the, in the position groups. So, again, don't get mad at us if we're not talking or about a guy who's on five, year get five, mad. six, seven. It's, yeah. not, it's not us. Um, it's the fact that we have a lot of young guys to talk about, and it's really fun. So, again – uh, Making Monsters, I'm Taylor Dahl. You can find me at Twitter at TayDahl1010XL. That's Dylan Ryan. Dylan, if you want to shout out yes, your Twitter. My Twitter is uh, DylanRY697, and uh, I will admit I am a lurker on Twitter, <laughs> one of those quiet ones. <laughs> but creep. Now, now that I am you know, a sports journalist, as I like to call myself, I'm going to try and get a little bit more active on there and get my thoughts out there so you guys can yell at me if you think I'm stupid. So DylanRY697 on Twitter. We'll get better at it. All right. Bears fans, uh, we will see you next week. Uh, super excited to hear what's going on with camp these next few days, and hopefully we have a lot of good stuff, and hopefully we hear just amazing things about all the young guys because that's what we get to talk about. So if it's not, then we it's going to be a very uh, depressing podcast. Well, I'm excited. Yes, <laughs> me too. All right, uh, signing off here for Making Monsters. We'll see you next week. <laughs>